You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 1, as the New York Rangers come out hot, hot, hot and take down the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first game of the season. Things are looking pretty, pretty good after game one, but I have to start the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? I mean, I'm doing great. Hockey's back, baby. Uh, Season four of our podcast is finally here. Super exciting. And yeah, I mean, what better feeling is there than uh, the day after a huge win, especially the home opener? Uh, against the team that uh, basically ended your your uh, Stanley Cup dreams the season before. So on all fronts, it was a big game for the New York Rangers, and it was a big win and a we- very well-executed one, which I think is probably why most Rangers fans are really excited. Um, obviously, I'll say this, we have to might have to temper the expectations. It's, it is just one game, but in terms of getting off on a the, the best foot, possible i can't see how you could uh draw it up any other way well minus maybe a few injuries but we'll get into that so but yeah i'm i'm excited and i'm pumped and rangers hockey's back yeah and it seems like the rangers didn't even skip a beat from where they were in the midst of last year uh i felt like the rangers were uh not only the same quality team you know doing everything they did well last year they improved upon it and like you said, sample size is only one game, but it's one game that the New York Rangers wanted to come out and execute perfectly and kind of seek revenge against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs. And, you know, I, I know I know some of the players and some of the coaches and, you know, they're not always, you know, saying, you know, we got to beat this team. They knocked us out. You know, they approached it as, listen, this is just another game on a schedule. It's our first game. It's at home. Let's go out and play the way we know how to. And if we execute all of the X's and O's, we're going to win this game. And that's what I kind of felt like. I mean, you know, you, they didn't come out too hot where they cooled down and crashed. They kind of just were steady Eddie. They played their game. They countered every attack that Tampa Bay threw at them. And, you know, of course, Moore's Law, I had to work last night for the first game of the thing. So, what I saw was obviously Rangers in 60 and, you know, I watched the highlights a bunch of times and 
I probably have watched the Zibanejad goal about 15 to 25 times on the bus ride into the city this morning. So uh, yeah, it is just a really good feeling to see the New York Rangers play at this level, at that tempo last night and put it together after, let's be honest, a very shaky and unsure preseason where they didn't look that great. So what a breath of fresh air that was last night, Andy. And, and, you know, just, I want your overall impression of just the game after a shaky preseason. Yeah. I mean, very happy with everything I saw, like you had said up top, it just seemed that they just picked up where they went off uh, or left off last season in that we saw throughout of last year, they tightened up defensively as the year went on. Obviously they struggled maybe to generate a lot five on five, but they at least were defending better. And they obviously have so much natural talent. They were able to really make their power plays count last year. And, but it, and it's good to see that it, it seems like that won't be a problem again for them this year. But the big difference is they outshot Tampa. They, they basically, they won the possession battle. Uh, they were shooting the puck that everyone was moving their feet. Their outlets were quicker. I mean, you're already seeing the effect of having, uh, Zach Jones on that third pair who can move the puck. And Keandre was a monster last night. I know we've been talking about it and everyone knows, or at least has been saying he's going to pop. He's going to break out this year. The Keandre, we're, you know, you don't have to wait for the Keandre era. We might be living in it because last night him and Truba played more than Fox and Lindgren. Yep. Which, and you realize that when he's on the ice, the other team, can't really do much when Keandre is on the ice with Truba. And Truba was excellent last night, too. Um, and I just think just by the nature of being able to now, instead of run Fox heavy minutes and then trickle down, just to make sure those pairings are getting like, you know, Fox and Lindgren didn't play too much less. It's not like Keandre and Truba ate up all like crazy ton of minutes and Fox and Lindgren didn't get a lot of minutes. But now Gallant has can be a lot more. All right. Well, you know, Fox is going to be our He's probably going to get it more offensive starts now, and that's fine because he can let Truba and uh, Keandre get defensive starts, and just it keeps everyone fresher. And honestly, I thought Schneider was much better than he was last year. Yeah, and yes, it's, it's one game sample size. We all know that we're tempering our expectations, but just stronger, more assertive on the boards, and just knew he could get it to Jones. And there was they were even pointing it out on ESPN that Jones, despite being a small guy is so smart. He uses his feet and he uses his stick. And he, you know, a few times he was, he stripped uh, Nick Paul, who's a huge, big guy. You know what I mean? And just, you know, he, he just, he's like, obviously he's not gonna be able to like really pin him, but he makes sure he, he angles him towards the, the boards. Cause he's, you know, he is obviously there with his stick. He uses his feet. He gets around him, blocks him off. So Paul is forced to spin the other way. And then just with a well-timed poke check, just kind of pokes it forward and then it's over. And, and then it comes back to him as there's a little board battle and he just, he's so quick with his stick. He just makes a nice nifty little pass to the middle and the Rangers break it out again and they're on their way. And that's such a huge thing. You know what I mean? From last year where they were just angling guys, but respecting their space too much. It wasn't like that last night. And in fairness, I will say there was a part of me is like, are the Rangers this good or, or is Tampa just this is what Tampa is now? They're just bad. And obviously, I think the truth is in the middle. I don't think the Rangers are going to be a perfect team at all this year, but I think they're much better. And I just think everyone's a little bit more decisive. Everyone's got a little bit more swagger. Everyone's a little bit more rough and tumble and stronger. You know, Lafreniere was throwing 
led the team in hits on a team that Ryan Reeves plays on. And just, yeah, the, it was just a mentality. And I mean, you know, I've been rambling for minutes here because I'm going to talk to you. But man, I mean, the story of that game, you can probably say, well, there's two stories. The first story was Mika Zibanejad. Uh, you know, he, he usually takes a little bit of time to get going. He was flying last night and in a way I've never seen him like, cause you know, when he's, we've seen him in moments, but he just looks so fast and so confident and he was everywhere. He was everywhere defensively. You know, he was just shooting the puck whenever he had it. He has flashed his vision on a, a couple of doorstep passes and it's just, when he's going like that, I don't know how you can contain a guy like that. And then, and that's, I think that's the beauty is that you're seeing when you have, you can roll your lines and it shows that Gallant now can roll his lines confident to make sure it doesn't have to be so much of a matchup. Like I can't keep the kids out here. I can't have these guys out here, especially losing crafts off early, which meant he's going to have to put guys on that line and fill it in, you know, and move, he moved Lafreniere up uh, to the right side, but you know, and even the lines that weren't doing it, Panarin looked like old, old Panarin again. You know, I mean, he didn't really, obviously he has a nice pass on the Tamika on the power play and gets rewarded, but he was dancing again last night, but he was also kind of throwing hits and he had a great back check on Kucherov. He was just, he had mentioned in the preseason, he wants to be everywhere. And I thought he was, and it, you can definitely tell that this is maybe a style that ultimately might not lead to many, as many goals off the rush, like him and Strom were just doing for so long, but I just think all in all, it will be health so much better for this team in the moving forward. Cool. Uh, and I say all this, I'm going to let you speak. I say all this tempering, knowing that if they play, if they have a stinker against Minnesota, that all this positivity can go away in an instant. But early returns are very good. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at this team and, and how they were last year, I think one of the more frustrating thing is that we would win games, but we would kind of get outplayed. And we thought like, yeah, that's a positive though. Like we're still able to win these games. You know, I thought the Rangers dominated and gave it to them. Like, and for the first time ever, we actually crushed, you know, the opposition in shots. And you know, Rangers had thirty-nine shots, Tampa's twenty-six. Like for like, usually that stat line was flipped. For the last few years, that stat line was flipped, and it was just like, well, Igor stood on his head. You know, he made thirty-eight saves, and you know, that's not what it was last night at all. And you and just, you know, there's so many different things of last night. And like, I know I'm jumping around, but even the power play, we had so many questions on whether or not the power play was going to be affected and, and take a step back. It looked better than it did last year. I mean, their power play looked really good. And and I'll, I'll say it, Vasilevsky kept that game close. Oh, yeah. It, like, right. it, it could have gotten ugly. And the Rangers generated scoring opportunities. Uh, they played a good goalie, obviously Vasilevsky and Igor being probably considered one and two in the entire hockey league. So, yeah, I think there's a lot for the Rangers to be proud of because it wasn't just, well, we were better than them. It was like we improved upon all the things that we kind of been harping on all offseason, all preseason, and now the Rangers put it together. Again, I get the sample size of one game. Well, that's a pretty damn good game that they put together. That was a full 60-minute hockey game that they were able to put together. And I, I just can't say enough that if this is the team that can just, listen, there's going to be ups and downs. But if this is the team that we can go to battle with, you know, all season long and into the playoffs, 
and we can get this type of energy and our stars play like stars and our role players just buy into everything that Gallant has been, you know, teaching and being aggressive and, and getting the puck in deep and, you know, puck possession and just all these different, you know, things that he's kind of been pushing. I think we're in for a very solid season because the New York Rangers have depth. They have six defensemen that can fucking flat out play. And, you know, with Igor and Nett, man, how can you not but be confident that this is the type of style that the New York Rangers are going to play? So, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm now, I'm just thinking of how, how negative our last podcast was. And I think we said, we're like, you know what? This could all go away. And this <laughs> is the type of performance that makes it go away. I mean, let's call us, you know, uh, we're, you know, New York sports fans. We definitely are that. But I think what's the nicest thing for me is been like, cause I've, I think I've asked you this a few times over the years is that what is the New York Rangers system, or at least in the last calendar year under Gallant, where it just kind of seemed, he's like, I'm going to let you guys play a hockey. I'm not a big X's and O's guy, but whatever. So he kind of lets guys free associate, but the problem is, you know, teams have those, those little things, those habits in place that make it easy for them. And the Rangers were, I think as talented as they were last year, I think one of the biggest reasons they struggled five on five is that they just, there wasn't always so much of a game plan, you know, even if it was like play as fast as you can. Well, you know what, there wasn't, if there wasn't so much of a game plan, it's like they would just kind of free license, free associate and use their skill to make, create shots for themselves, which is great, but it, it probably created some good quality at times, but it, it, it would take a while to, to set up. It wasn't all of this like off the rush shot, 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 whatever this is happening. This guy moves low. Whereas last night, everyone, Kako, Heedle, Lafreniere, Jacob, the defenseman coming down from the point, Fox a few times, it was like, Rangers were randomly going to the net and I just saw Tampa's defenseman constantly looking left and right, just confused, like who's here. And that's, I think the biggest thing when I watched, you watched the Vegas and LA game is that some, you know, there was a lot of, it was kind of a slog at first because both teams were just respecting that, that the, the gaps too much. You know what I mean? Whereas Gallant has kind of created this culture where he's like, all right, get to the fucking front of the net. And guys were just, buzzing the the crease and it just creates so much confusion they're not afraid and whatever this rangers team used to have galan has really helped drive that out of their head like create chaos get to the front of the net create uh disarray with your skating you know and that's what's happened i just think he's clearly it's he's rubbed off on this team and i i was listening they were even commenting on i believe on the 32 thoughts podcast with elliot and uh Friedman and, and Jeff Merrick, where they were in an interview with Phil Peel they did over the summer. Um, you know, G- Gerard Gallant hates his team. Like, what is what does your coach hate more than anything else? He's like, oh, he hates when we get pushed around. You know what I mean? And you can say what you want. It's just they played like the aggressors all night for the most part. And they're they were good with their defensive details. I think though, if you have to critique a, a win, you say they maybe and I blame the the refs. The refereeing was not good last night. No. Um but that being said, yeah, they they playing aggressive. They took some dumb penalties. I think Carpenter, Goodrow took two dumb penalties. Heedle's penalty was kind of dumb. Heedle's penalty was kind of dumb. But again, I think Heedle's was the least egregious because he's like, it's one of those things that probably doesn't get called. And, and, and in fairness, Tampa, 
in the last few years is the king of the like the gamesmanship, just jockeying for position, little picks and sneaky shit like that all the time. And they always get away with it. You know what I mean? I don't well, know if it's their pedigree. So my, my whole problem with that penalty was, yeah, he was holding on to the stick. But I thought the rule was as soon as the stick hits the midsection, it's a penalty on, the, you know, your opponent. Like the Tampa had his stick rubbing up against his you know belly into his chest. And then he held his hand on. If anything, you take both. of them. You have one. For yeah, no, I. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, it, that, you know, I mean, I know we're picking apart the Eagles yeah. penalty, but, you know, it's just. Yeah, I agreed with you. Well, the, the yeah. refereeing was just head scratching. And Tampa, apparently, they said Tampa and Nashville are the two most penalized teams in the league last year. Clearly, but that, you know, Tampa is also a perennial winner. So clearly they live with it because they're like, it's the type of play that we're going to we, we're going to get a lot of power plays as well. And if the Rangers are going to play this uber aggressive style, they're going to have to really watch their discipline because that's the one thing that can undo them. You know, it's great having Igor, but and that we're going to get to that in a second, but uh, to bail you out. But at the same time, you don't want to have to do that. And that's what's the one thing last night. Igor was good, but it, half the time it was like the camera was just looking at Igor down, the, like trying not to fall asleep. You know what I mean? I'm like. You know, so which is so nice. And I'm sure Henrik Lundqvist, who was in attendance, was furious last night just watching, you know, there there was a moment where they showed him they in one of the highlights I was watching. They showed him like slowly clapping. I don't know if it was at the end of the game. I don't know, like what, at what point he was clapping, but you can just tell he was just like sitting there and being like, where where was this for 15 yeah, like, years? You know, like, why couldn't have, I've had this? like yeah. if I had this, we would have won Stanley Cup without a doubt. And yeah, yeah, but you know, it again, I, I get I, I get so emotional with this team, and I know I get really down on them a lot because I'm just used to disappointment being, you know, a Jets and Mets fan. And you know, the Rangers have been the team that have been maybe the most consistent and had the most opportunities to do well, and they always kind of fall short. So the expectation of failure has always been there, and you know, it's impounded and just you know, it just lives inside my brain at all times. But last night, like watching, I was like, this is not even our team. Like this wasn't even the team that I saw in the preseason. These weren't even the players I saw in the preseason. Um, I, I just thought from top to bottom, and it's just, it's funny because, you know, Goudreau gets a goal with, you know, with Reeves on the ice, you know, like those guys were able to generate Carpenter gets an assist. Like this is the shit I'm talking about. Like, it's an ugly goal. It's a really nice play, a perfect hockey play, just tipping the puck, you know, from a nice low hard shot from the point and it goes in. But this is exactly what you need to win these hockey games. Like that's the difference maker. And, you know, if we're going to get contributions and I'm not saying that the fourth line needs to score every night, but in a big game when you're dominating, but the opposition is just as good as you are, and, you know, they have a hot goalie. All it takes is a fluky shot from the point that's low and hard. You get a stick on it, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, behind the goaltend. So these are like all the little things that the Rangers were able to put together in game one that we kind of been harping about. And, you know, this is the result. You, you get a full 60 minutes of New York Rangers hockey that we're just not used to seeing. You know, we saw glimpses of it last year. But even last year, like I said, we would get outshot. We would get, you know, dominated and Igor would bail us out and we'd win a game and we'd feel good about ourselves. But at the end of the day, we're like, this team really 
like good or are they just kind of getting away with having a really good goaltender and, and, and solid special team. Now I, I know, you know, they scored a shorthanded goal and a power play goal, but you know, this is how you win hockey game. You know, they played the full 60. They weathered every storm that was thrown at them. And the only goal that they gave up was uh, just the highlight reel Stamkos goal that, you know, you can Google or I'm sorry, YouTube and watch, you know, 200 of them. So uh, yeah, nothing that Igor could do about that. And he was perfect uh, with everything out. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What do you think of Igor? Obviously, not the most contested game that he's ever played. But, you know, with our goaltending, usually it starts off slow. You know, he might have let a few squeakers in back in the day or maybe last last season. But, you know, that kind of what yeah. we're used to with, with Hank and Igor. And he started off great. Yeah, I mean, ironically, he'll probably face less of a workload this year. But because he's Igor and that means he's going to face less shots overall and will probably give up. You know, he'll give up less goals maybe overall if the Rangers are this truly this good defensively. But because he won't see many shots, his his uh, save percentage won't be as high. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and, and uh, being ironic, but yeah, I mean, listen, that one goal, Stamkos is the king of that. It's a it's a literally a five on three power play and you lose a face off. Carpenter loses a face off clean. And it's it's I don't I don't think many any goaltender in the league is stopping that one unless they can get big and just get to, you know, just because to stop it, you have to immediately know where it's going, immediately push off to the top of your crease and go to an area that leaves your, the, the short side really exposed. You know what I mean? So he did everything he could, but it was just like a perfect shot. It's a shot that Stan Coast has made, you know, thousands of times before. So, and that's literally it. That was the only goal he gave up. So he, he had a great game. He, you know, it was lost because he didn't have to do much. And that's great. Cause you know, <laughs> Considering the Rangers started there last season, Homie had to do way too much for this team. You know what I mean? So that's great. Um, you know, I thought, uh, I mean, old school Ranger fans are going to love this. They were tremendous on faceoffs last night. I think they went, uh, I have the numbers here. Yeah. So they had a 63.8 faceoff win percentage. They went 30 for 47. It was it's it was their fifth highest faceoff win percentage since the 2018-19 season, and highest for them since uh, in 2021 they had one game against Arizona where they they posted a 66.1 versus a you know shitty Coyotes team. So and this was against the Cup champs. So again, I a part of this is going to be you could say that maybe this is Tampa is just at this point maybe not what they were, but also 
they're so like just get us to the postseason and who knows let's see them do it this year you know i mean vasilevsky's gonna have to be really good because they clearly don't have as half the firepower they had you know and and and, you know especially you could see on the back end they're just not as disciplined losing mcdonough really hurts them you know and i I was gonna ask you i mean they're they're if they're going to rely on Hedman to do everything for them, you know, the Hedman and Sergeyev, like I feel bad for them. I, I, I just feel like they don't have that extra guy. Like they really do miss having McDonough there as just a steady Eddie, you know, just shut down defenseman. And, you know, when the Rangers were just overwhelming them, there was just no answer. Like, yeah, Hedman's great and he's good. And he could take, you know, he can take a, you know, a puck and, and, you know, throw it off the glass and escape himself but at the end of the day he's not going to be the guy that's going to you know be able to defend for you know 15 minutes at a, at a clip and then you know play 10 minutes of off like that it's just he's not going to be able to do it himself and he's also I, getting older too i he's, mean he's clearly not as fast as he used to be for a guy his size um he, well he's getting older and you know he just you know he, it's a lot man like these defensemen like if you look through just even like the last decade and you see what some special defensemen have done, like not just on their own, obviously they had a, you know, a collective group around them, but like even a player like Duncan Keith, like these guys are animals, you know, they can eat up a ton of minutes. They do everything. They can just, you know, suffocate you in the corners. They steal the puck. They can get the puck out of the zone. They can contribute on offense. And, you know, Victor had, it's just, He's been such an elite defenseman for so long that, you know, once you start taking the pieces out around him and he's kind of have to do it now all on his own, I, I think, you know, a team like the Rangers can really expose a team like Tampa Bay that's going to rely kind of on one guy to be the guy back there. You know, it's just the Rangers were so overwhelming last night. I just from watching clip after clip, it's just like you were right. Like, Every time, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay defenseman, like the puck squirts into the thing, another Ranger was activated and they'd be there before Tampa. It's just like we won every loose puck and they were just, you know, turning around like, you know, just like a chicken with their head cut off, just not knowing where to go. And it's crazy because how many times did we see the Rangers play that game? You know, two years ago, that was like the definition of how the Rangers were in their own zone. Like they would just collapse. They would give up the guts of the their own zone and they give up great a scoring chances and now it's like the tables have flipped completely and now we're the ones breaking down the other opposition's defensemen and their forwards are collapsing and it's just creating scoring opportunities and shooting lanes and it's just really fun hockey to watch and yeah it, it, it's just pretty remarkable now the, the one question i do have for you andy obviously like we said one game sample sizes smallest it could ever be but uh you know with with the young players you know obviously Kako and Lafreniere have played a little bit but I'm talking about you know Schneider and Jones do you expect them to be and even Krasov I know he got hurt but they can't possibly sustain this type of game style like we know Zibanejad can he'll have off games but Zibanejad can Panarin can like those guys can but I'm just worried about like we can't keep this up from the young guy. Does that concern you at all? Um, I think, well, I, not a lot of them, honestly, I think. Cause Kako, 
had some really great plays last night. You know, he had a missed on a one-timer or someone got a stick on a one-timer feed from Kreider across the slot. He had some great defensive keeping plays and he's still feeling out as he looked faster last night. That was the apparent thing. He finally looks like he he's playing at NHL pace, whereas he's always looked kind of sub. He still not doesn't have the best first three steps. You know what I mean? But he drew two penalties with his possession and he's just finally doing the things we saw him do in Finland just because he's just he's so much just stronger on his feet now and fat and he's moving faster at an NHL pace. And I also think uh, players are starting to respect him more because they know he just you know, and even if he he runs out of an option, instead of it just dying on his stick, he puts it in a smart place where either Sabanajad or Kreider can just kind of go get it because, you know, with their forecheck along the boards and their cycle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of and that's the thing, I thought Lafreniere, despite throwing a lot of hits and, you know, he had some little he wasn't super noticeable, but that's the thing. He might be super noticeable the next game and Kako might not be, but. You know, I don't I don't expect them to be Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider leveled yet. But the good news is if there's enough there between Heedle and, and Lafreniere and Kako and Zach Jones and Schneider, that as long as two of them are popping a game, I think the baseline of this team is good enough that there's enough going on elsewhere. You know, getting a goal from the back end, you know, maybe even if it's off of a tip and then, you know, the top or second line doing their thing and, you know. I just think that there's enough there with this team that uh, I don't need them to be going 100% every night, but you obviously you just you know that their baseline now from when you're a young player, it's you're either having a great game or you're having an end game where now it's like I don't think they're so concerned if they're not. They had that confidence in the run. They're maybe not thinking so much. Well, I got to start putting up points here. You know, Kako's already playing with Zbadja and Kreider. Points will come. And if if he's making it so they can score and he doesn't, he gets a secondary assist or doesn't even get the assist, well, it's okay. That's fine. He had to keep it. You know what I mean? So it's it's all good. So I'm not as concerned with that, if I'm being honest. You know, I think I think it's clear. And especially Gallant, just in the, the diamonds of the third, when they needed to eat up some possession time, he just sent the kid line back as their new, like, all right, like, they're going to have a push here. So I'm sending, I'm stacking the kid line. I'm sending them out. And of course they just ate the puck and cycled it and kept possession and kept Tampa hemmed in their end for, you know, 45 seconds. You know what I mean? So, which is a storm. Yeah. Which is a great thing to have. And it just, I just think the more options you give Gerard Gallant moving forward and the more confidence he is in his lineup, I think we'll not see as much dumb, uh, shit, pardon my French, as we maybe saw at times last year. You know? uh, so yeah. we can't go through a whole podcast being this positive. So let's oh, let's yeah. bring the negativity. Let's let's jack up the negativity and tone down the positivity. Yeah, injuries. Kraftsoff obviously saw the hit. It didn't look that that bad to me, but no. But Hedman pinning him there, I I thought was kind of shitty. It looks like he was wrenching on the back of his. You know. uh, kind of soft. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw it, uh, didn't expect him to miss the entire game. Obviously, you know, I'd be you know crippled into the corner if I got you know shoved like that by Hedman. But <laughs> it's uh, you know it, that's a tough it's it's a tough loss. You know, the Rangers. What you say? What you want about them? I I do. My biggest concern is depth. Uh, I know we have Sammy Blay out now. Crafts off out. What are your thoughts? And uh, I, to be honest with you, 
I've been so busy today. I didn't even get a chance to look at any updates in terms of yeah. So as far as updates go, Kraftsoff is upper body. I think he's. Uh, I think it's technically week to week, or day. It's more than day to. Sammy Blaze just day to day. He's Kraftsoff is staying behind in New York. The team flew to Minnesota. Uh, Blay went with them. He might Blay probably won't play the next game, which so you assume Dryden Hunt draws in for him or for Crafts off, right? Uh, but there's a chance he could play the next game in uh, what are they Winnipeg? Uh, after w- that, yep, yeah. So yeah, so he could play in Winnipeg. So Crafts off stayed home. Yeah, it sucks. It's unfortunate. He's especially looking to get going, and you know he was barely on the ice, but he had you know he had a nice ru- he had a takeaway rush up the ice, which worked and. Then he, he also kind of had a blind spinning pass to into the middle of traffic that Tampa easily picked off, which wasn't so good. But that's only he literally only took like two shifts. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's only out there for a minute. 15 so you minutes. can't really even judge him because he didn't really get to do anything. But I mean, I think we even commented he looked a little bit weaker on his skates and he looks like he's physically big. I just think it's honestly, you know, I think it's just more of a confidence and a mentality thing, if that makes any sense. I it's like there are guys that are smaller than Vitaly Kravtsov in the National Hockey League right now. Like they're smaller physically. They might even be less developed muscly, but it's just more of a mentality, if that makes any sense. Like if you go into a corner with confidence, you're not going to get. But I just think Vitaly Kravtsov, if, he's, if you're like trying to play a puck, but you're also kind of trying to square, squirrel away from a guy. Like if Hedman hit him once and Kraftsoff immediately just gave him a, a sh- like a like a quick shiver back, I don't know if Hedman's like, oh, I can just lean on this poor fu- you know this poor kid and just <laughs> literally you know turn him into a you know it's like like a, I don't know like a ball of twine you know so he, it's just I just feel like it's a mentality thing and Kraftsoff just you know he's he's just kind of getting back into it because you know I thought he was good. You know, he tried to throw a big hit on the bench and he's obviously he's played NHL games before. just not a lot, but, you know, he was fine in his 13 game sample size. He wasn't like a too glaringly negative uh, when he played with David Quinn here. You know what I mean? Which was two years ago. And he's clearly stronger now. But yeah, I just, you know, it's unfortunate, obviously, because you were hoping he could get off to a start because it even seems like Panarin and Trocek are still trying to figure each other out. Although now it seems like. Uh, what do they say when a door closes a window opens and Alexi Lafreniere has been moved to the right side but on Panarin's wing so he's getting top six playing minutes now so we'll see how he does there you know um we're probably going to see a lot of line shuffling I think going forward unfortunately until everyone's healthy and gets back and the Rangers depth is going to be tested but luckily the personnel they do have is I still think is good and up to the the task yeah, no, I agree. And you know, listen, injuries are going to happen and, you know, guys are going to go through, you know, tough spells here and it's a roller coaster, man. There's ups and downs. There's, you know, obviously peaks and valleys going out, you know, on a road trip this early in the season. I think it's going to be a good test for the boys. And, you know, I, we got, you know, Minnesota Wild on Thursday or I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday and then Winnipeg on Friday. Uh back-to-back games. Uh it's going to be interesting to see how they they you know, come together and pull it out. And, you know, Minnesota's a very good team. Uh, you know, one of the top teams in the West. And, you know, Winnipeg, obviously, you know, they're not a playoff team, but they're one of those teams that, you know, you give them a couple power plays and all of a sudden they're on the board and it's just the road game and they're going to be all amped up because uh, I believe it's their home opener. So, uh, yeah, it's just, 
you know, you're going to have to weather, you know, the storms of being on the road and having the, the energy of the building not be behind you. So, uh, do you have any, uh, you know, do you have any expectations, you know, you know, obviously you want to carry this momentum onto the road, but you know, you know, Minnesota is a tough team. It's tough playing back to back. Uh, I just, you know, for me, I, I, three out of four points is what I want, but you know, I, I just all in all, I'd rather see the Rangers just let's not deflate here. Let's just not play like shit and think that you know hey we beat tampa our season's done we can let's get ready for the playoff like these are the games that you're gonna have to find ways to get points so uh yeah uh yeah no i i I definitely think um just maybe judging by the vibes of some of the answers in the pre and post game presser and then in some of the videos the locker room afterwards it definitely seems like they're that you know because you were you and i were kind of worried about oh well are they going to be a little too big for their britches and you know but if anything it definitely seems to have emboldened them they have unfinished business and they looked that much better and developed and evolved from last year uh in the locker room of the post game said you know good game we play 82 more like this and you know we're in a or 81 like this and we're in a good spot um so hopefully that means they know that this is what their identity is and how they have to play. And I just think that what I saw from them last night, um, it seems like it's a style that I think would give any team in the national hockey league problems. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not saying they're the best team in the league, but it's a style that I think with Igor and just playing that way, you can win. You can be one of the best teams in the league, but obviously, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, you got to hope they don't fall back in old habits and get lulled in because obviously it's easy to get up for your home opener against the team that, you know, you have something to prove to yourself and to hopefully the other team and especially the ones who knocked you out to maybe set yourself up mentally. But that's like, I think, uh, like you said, the hard part is going on the road now and coming off that high and it's going to be their home opener. So they're going to be up and Minnesota is one of the most physical teams in the league. So they know they're going to bring it to you, you know. But that's the thing. You have the you have the confidence of that winning that game under under your belt. You know what I mean? So so use it. Use the fact that you won't have as many jitters as them and you can just go to work pretty quickly and just do what you gotta do pretty quickly, you know? So I hope that's what the the, the kind of the message they take with them. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more and and uh you know I, I you know, obviously we can wrap up this podcast here uh with you know one final you know thought and question i have for you the new york rangers expectations obviously a lot of people pick them towards the top of the standings listen we certainly know they're capable of doing it it's whether or not we you know get contributions up and down the lineup everyone you know kind of performs within their role and expectations we have game one under the belt against the tampa bay lightning a team that you know maybe is not going to be as good as they were last year, but certainly, you know, they're going to find their way in the playoffs and at the top of the standings as well. Uh, you know, Andy, is this a team, the New York Rangers, after obviously one game and one sample size, is is this a team that you truly believe could win a Stanley Cup? I mean, the team I saw last night, yeah, but 
there's a lot that goes into that. And I think because on any team in the National Hockey League can beat any other team on any given night. I just think the teams that win are the ones that do it the most often. And I just think the biggest part in that, I think, is self-motivation and confidence and not overconfidence and overestimating your abilities and understanding that that means you know, we're winning every battle because I'm winning the battle because I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm willing to put in the extra work, even though I'm tired and it's the game, even though it might, I win the battle, the puck sweets out and maybe my line mates will score and I get no part of it, but I'm going to do it. And that's what I saw with the Rangers last night. Just whoever was closest, just jumping on it, going to get it. And just everyone working with the same purpose, get that puck to the net. It doesn't matter where it comes from. And, you know, luckily this team ha- happens to have some skill. So, you know, Panarin was was uh, almost uh, Deke Tedman out of his skates last night against, you know, a guy bigger than him. But he's going at him. You know what I mean? He's attacking in his own Panarin way. You know what I mean? I don't expect, you know, Troub is going to attack you a different way than Adam Fox or Zabanajad or Kreider, but just attack. And I, everyone was attacking in their own way last night. And that's what, why I think it, it would, they looked as good as they did. So... If they if they do what they did, if they have that mentality, then I don't see why they can't. But again, listen, a lot of other teams got better, too. and got a year older and wiser. Um, there's going to be opposition out there and it'll be interesting to see, you know, which teams fall off and which teams that were pushovers last year all of a sudden have a chip on their shoulder and aren't. So you're not the only ones. But, you know, I, you know, you hope that this team that went even warts and all and maybe not being the best five on five team and getting lucky here and there but just being able to hold it together to pick their spots can now say you know what we're we've done that before but that's not good enough for us so and that's what it seemed like last night but again that's one game and you and i can be having a very very sobering podcast dropping on monday about well you know we may have uh we may have been a little premature in the praise and this and that so we have to see but Listen, one game at a time, and after game one, things are looking uh, pretty good. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.